Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just go stand on the other side, please. Billy Bob, this is it. The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame ass play where I run down field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bop halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? I'm gonna get you the ball! Get me the ball! I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money, money. yelling for me. Bottle keep popping that water, man. Drag it. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party. Welcome into 11 Personnel live from sunny Orlando, Florida. I'm Nick Roush, joined by our good pal Adam Luckett. We are nine floors up at the lovely Rosen Plaza Hotel overlooking where. The pep rally is going to be tomorrow, Luckett, and uh, I know you've got to be fired up to be here. The point where you can find the pep rally tomorrow for the Citrus Bowl. But yeah, just now getting here Thursday afternoon, Nick. You've been here for what's three days now? Yeah, or t- uh, Tuesday. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Nick's been holding it down. He got in traffic in Atlanta, just like I think everybody else coming down. Everybody here. else in America. Um, I did have a long conversation with Chris Rodriguez afterwards, though, about. Not only thanking him for getting to McDonough, but he also has highly re- recommended Bucky's, the gas station. That's a mall, basically. My father-in-law has found out about Bucky's, <laughs> and you would think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> so those are two great recommendations right there. Chris Rodriguez and Florida Doug. Yeah. I told my wife Taylor we'll probably have to stop at Bucky's at some point yeah. on the way back yeah. to the Ville on Sunday. But yeah, it's. The weather is beautiful. Yeah. Couldn't ask for anything better. Um, I haven't been here too long yet, but I got a feeling there's probably going to be a strong Kentucky contingent yeah, down here. I wasn't sure about it right away, but as, I mean, you know, on Tuesday, of course, there weren't that many Kentucky fans down here. But as the game's gotten closer, I've seen more and more. Watch some, uh, some basketball action with Wildcat fans last night. Uh, watch Kentucky beat down on Missouri. At the old roof of ten, um, ran into your, your family, and man, it was it was a trip. I gotta I gotta tell one Florida Doug story. Um, you can't tell a lot of Florida Doug stories <laughs> on Eleven Personnel, but there was there was a moment last night where um, he was he was he was kind of busting my chops. 
where's your UK stuff, man? I'm like, listen, Doug, we're we're objective journalists, you know. We're wearing, we 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 got to have our uh, just normal regular clothes, you know. I just had on like a navy blue polo. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, that's what Adam wanted for Christmas. He just wanted some of those H shirts, like H. He's like, yeah, you know those shirts with the H on them. Your cousin's like, what? Haggard? No, uh, no, that's not it. Tommy Hilfiger? Like H? I can't think of it. Well, you got it on your shirt right there. It was the Under Armour logo. <laughs> In fairness, the U and the A. It kind of looks like an H. Look at them. I was dying laughing. It was it was a great time. Uh, more good times are going to be had down here on International Drive. Uh, the Denny's, though, you just good luck trying to get into one of those places. They're packed. Yeah, I always tell people from 2018 trip down here that this is like if Mars opened tomorrow and America wanted their little stake in Mars, where where uh, Martians would come and want to see what America's like, it would be International Drive. Chain restaurants. Yep. Out the wazoo. Every chain you could think of. Big hotels everywhere. Oh, lots of gimmicky stuff, too. And we have an upside-down thing. I don't even know what you call it. Like, got a Ferris wheel there in the background. Uh-huh. They have the uh, the well, slingshot thing. Uh, what looks to be the St. Louis Arch out there. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, Topgolf. Top golf. Yep, yep. Um, I know it's 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 hard on your eyes at night because the lights are so bright. I've had trouble sleeping. <laughs> Poor Oxmoor folks have been gosh shaking in their California Kings over there worrying about top golf. <laughs> but great uh, pedestrian traffic. You can get to a lot of places on foot. Yes. Short ten minute drive to the stadium. Yes. So for, for as a bowl site, if you're looking for local flavor. Yeah, that that local middle of Florida flavor. You're not really gonna get this. This is very tourist central, um, but everything other than that it has everything you want to have. You have bars, um, bunch of restaurants. You can get everywhere on foot. Every there's a central location, so you're gonna be around. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Kentucky fans. That, so that's it's gonna be a good time down here. That's one thing that is nice is it's it's walking distance to a lot of stuff. I did get at least one. Well, if you want a local spot. Our pal Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South said that I hope you get to check out Chicken Fire and or Gideon's Cookies at East End Market. So there's two local places. They do exist in Orlando, at least two local places. Uh, but we'll be out and about on International Drive having a good time ahead of this game. It's it's going to be a little bit of fun on Thursday and Friday, but the fun has ended for the Kentucky football team they were at Universal earlier this week. They had a uh, an outing this morning with Iowa, where they uh, they took kids to a little amusement park. Uh, little Evis was holding a gator, um, so that that was their last official bowl outing, though. Um, between all that, like the the fun stops, and now they're getting back into the normal kind of game week grind, where when you're not practicing, you're doing fun stuff. Now it's okay, walk through team dinner, meetings, you know, stuff like that. So we're getting back into the swing of things. Mark Stoops will have a press conference Friday morning. And um, he's got a few uh, absences or potential absences to address, Lockett. Uh, how do you think Stoops will, will handle that, that potential news? <clears throat> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not 
the surprise absences has been a thing during bowl season. There's been a few games late. Missouri oh. comes to mind. Drinkowitz. They had a ton. Like the day before. Like 14? In like five starters. Yeah. There's been a few others like uh, that. Purdue right now, no David Bell, no Carl Loftus, mm-hmm. no Melton Wright, Virginia which I Tech, may or no may not have known early on. No Braxton, no Braxton Burstmeister, no Trey Turner, which was pretty much their entire offense. Yeah. And played out there in the pinstripe bowl. So, yeah, there's been a few – Instances like that, it's going to be interesting to see, and it's probably going to go both ways. I mean, Iowa might have a couple that we don't know about. That's true. That's true. Uh, the two big ones for UK right now, or at least the three that I've got to keep my eye on, is um, Josh Pascal. The is he there? Is he not there? Kind of. We played that little saga this week where he was at. He was not at practice on Tuesday. Then he showed up to practice on Wednesday. Um, still didn't, I don't know, he didn't look like normal explosive Josh Pascal. I think the just the effects of that injury are lingering. He looks normal walking around, but, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what it's going to be like. Maybe he dresses and tries to play a little bit, but some, you know. It might be a thing where they let him dress, but he doesn't play. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they did with McCall against Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Could be something very similar because they don't want to jeopardize his future. Uh, Jacquez Jones this week he was in a walking boot some and I was like man I'm surprised to see that and then UK actually tweeted it out I wasn't going to be that guy because I don't want I hate walking boot hysteria PJ Washington wore me out with walking boot hysteria Uh, but uh, so that's something we've got to keep an eye on and then another player that I did not see dressed for practice uh, on Wednesday was Dare Rosenthal so just something to monitor. On Jacquez Jones, we went to an open practice over the summer, like two weeks before the first game, and he was in a walking boot, not doing anything. Yeah, that's true. Turns around first game. I think that was really an issue, and then he was able to turn around and play, even though he missed a lot of practice time there in fall camp. So that could just it could be precautionary. Yeah, oh yeah, like and that. that's usually what stuff like that. And is. the Rosenthal thing, who knows? He might have ate some bad sushi. Yeah, down here. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, we'll have to wait. You know, it's got definitely going to be a we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> but that's this is kind of the bowl, the bowl games. You just you never know. Michigan had a thing today where one of their best defensive players, Daxton Hill. Yeah, he didn't he didn't make the he trip. He didn't make the trip, and Harbaugh said it's questionable for the game. So you don't know what's going on there with him. I love that he they reported whatever the newspaper there right report free press I think yeah they reported that he's not there. Uh, but then Harbaugh's just, oh, well, he's questionable. Well, is he questionable to make it, or is he questionable to to play? We don't know. Oh, we do know that Purdue is in scoring range right now, second and two near the goal line. Because you're not live, uh, 21-7 here in second quarter, 14 yeah. minutes left. Purdue has moved the ball. Yeah. Um, oh, cousin Jeff uh, has got the, the play sheets working today. Yeah. So we'll see what what we got here, but could be a shootout there brewing. In I did uh, emotionally hedge more substantially than I should have. Just to have the ride. Yeah, yeah, but like I suck so bad at him. Oh, trick double play, pass. double pass. Oh, he's throwing double it out coverage. of ends out. Oh. Out of yeah, man, this is fun. We were we are actually contemplating doing a Twitter Spaces uh, for this podcast. 
Uh, but I'm admittedly scared to try new technology for the first time in a big spot. So Tell me you're 30 without telling me you're 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, another tell me you're 30 without telling me you're 30. I hung up my clothes when I arrived in Orlando. That's a very adult thing to do, is to, to put hang your you know, clothes in the closet. That's funny, because we stayed in Jacksonville area with my in-laws the last few days. I believe on Wednesday we didn't unpack anything for a suitcase, and I was getting a little upset. I was like, Taylor, we should have done, we should have organized this." <laughs> <laughs> That's what to oh, those moments I, where you're like, "God, it's like the progressive commercials." You start sounding. Oh like gosh, bad. yeah, yeah. Oh, those those are great commercials too. They they can keep those going as long as they want. I want to briefly mention uh, a couple of bowl games that already happened. Uh, South Carolina, they're going to be. SEC champions in 2022 after winning the Mayo Bowl. I think that's the natural progression. There, It's going to be nauseating the amount of South Carolina buzz we're going to hear this offseason. I almost texted you this today. I was like, I really hope not. I really would need North Carolina to win this game. <laughs> God, just the Shane Beamer. Because the media already loves Shane Beamer. Yeah. You know, like just the way he is in interviews, his dad, like he checks all the boxes. You pile this on, just oh, it's gonna be gross. Yeah, so just just get ready. Yeah. For that, but first SEC win. Yeah. Mike Leach took it on the absolute chin. That was the most should should have known that that was coming too, because that's what he does. Mississippi State just had the most Mike Leach season ever. <laughs> they open up a bad Louisiana Tech team, need a crazy fourth quarter comeback to beat them. They smash Kentucky and NC State at home. Yeah, top twenty-five team. Then they lose to an LSU team that they were much better than them. Kind of the same way they lost to Ole Miss. Dominated the game, created more scoring opportunities, but just couldn't finish drives. Mm-hmm. They go and win at Texas A&M, who like a week later, a week or two later, beats Alabama at yeah. home. Oh, they also uh, lost a rivalry game. Yeah, lost Big a rivalry. surprise. And they also lost to Arkansas because a kicker couldn't make a kick. They missed like four field goals. <laughs> So and then they ended in the Liberty Bowl against a team they're better than. It just gets smashed. Walloped. God. And they finished the season seven and six. Peaks and valleys. That's what you signed up for. Man, there's some big peaks and some some low, low valleys, <laughs> low low valleys in there. Um, but it does mean more. We have SEC teams now winning bowl games. Uh, there's a college football playoff uh, happening tomorrow that I know folks are excited to watch. Um, I'm just nervous that I might overindulge uh, because we got an early long day at Camping World Stadium on Saturday. Uh, a few just heads up for folks that will be down in Orlando. 4.45 on New Year's Eve is when the pep rally is happening. It's at Point Orlando, as we mentioned earlier. It's a nice setup there. Uh, you'll So basically you just miss the first half of the first playoff game. Then go watch the rest of the games. Call in early, uh, turn in early, I should say, um, because it's going to be an early morning down at the stadium. 9 a.m. is when they have an like an unofficial tailgate area set up where they got activities for the kids, all that sort of stuff. You can buy you know, food and beer and all that. You can tailgate without having to set up a tailgate. Um, but the catwalk is at 1045. It's at the same spot it was last year, or the last go-around on the south east corner of the stadium um, by gate C on a map uh, I think it's off Rio Grande Avenue so I've tried to give you as many directional points it is 
opposite of where the baseball field is and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I like that they used the picture of Josh Allen to promote the catwalk at 1045 because it made me think, wait, Josh Allen coming back? Bring him back? Round two? The real Josh Allen. The real, the real Josh Allen. Um, and, you know, one thing that I think is consistent with the real Josh Allen's team going into this game is the way that they've prepared for it in the um, the energy that they're, they're putting forth in practice. I don't think we got the same level of smack talk from James Franklin that we're getting from Iowa, but you did have that one thing, you know. Pep rally. Uh, or was it at the press conference? Or there was either, he said Franklin said something. Oh, he's, that, okay. Yeah. You're talking about Iowa. I'm talking I, about Iowa now. Yeah, my yeah. brain was going back to you. You went back to Franklin talking about the real blue and white, and it and it is almost as innocuous as that was, where they said, "Well, how many bo- they haven't been to a bowl game in how long? Uh, so what does Bully McCall do? He wears all of his bowl rings to a bowl outing this morning. Which <laughs> which is also, who takes their bowl rings with them to the bowl game? I guess he was going, ready to put all four of them on. He's Instagram ahead of time. Just, yeah. <laughs> let's get one more. Gotta be. Gotta be. So um, you've got the trash talk aspect. You've got the folks fired up. Aspect at practice, look it. It's it's a nice storm brewing right now for the Kentucky football team entering the Citrus Bowl. A lot of momentum, it seems like, for the Wildcats. Just hammer your rival. Yeah. Rival goes in a tailspin. You sign your best recruiting class ever. Seems like most of your guys are going to play in this mm-hmm. game. You're avoiding the opt outs. You're playing a team that I think you feel pretty good with how you match up with them. A lot of positive vibes. Yes. Point of their direction. Now, bowl season gets wonky. Mm-hmm. It's the most non-played games played on paper. <laughs> like, on paper, this should happen. That, and then right, obviously right. It tends to happen in bowl season. Uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, right. for example. So there's always that variable. Texas Tech, Mississippi State, yeah. perfect example of that. But that tends to go away. With the, the, the better, better teams, the games get. Yeah. Right. Or the better matchups, better teams are. And so we should be in for a fun football game. Oh, and, when we, and when we start, when Tennessee getting a little gadget play. T- Tennessee did the Kendon Hooker, like I'm looking at the sideline, and then they snap it to the running back. Yeah, direct snap action. Yeah. But, oh, they did the tackle stand that stood up too. Yeah, yeah. But the but when you start digging into this, there's just a lot of things, I think, going Kentucky's direction. and he, Especially Iowa kind of limped in yeah. to end the season. Yeah. Where Kentucky kind of, now they feasted on some bad opponents. Some some that couldn't even beat an Air Force team. <laughs> so they they but they pounded teams. Yeah, and that's something we've seen Mark Stoops teams kind of struggle with. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um, I always joke too at the beginning of the year. What game, what game was it where they didn't cover a big number? I guess it was Vanderbilt where they didn't cover, mm-hmm. and people were a little like, uh, I don't know, thirty-one to three. Vanderbilt game. And mm-hmm. I get the sense that, or the gist that Clark Lee and Stoops probably like each other. Yeah, yeah. Brian Kelly hired Matt House. Um, Brian Kelly, old DC, was Clark Lee. Kind of similar Same. structure, similar beliefs in how the game should be played. Right, right. Defensive coordinators, defensive coordinator. We're going to do things the right way here. You know, yeah. I, um, put it, you know, we can joke about Vanderbilt, but they, they are putting more of an emphasis in recruiting. 
Clark Lee for fun. They hired him He's, a lot for fundraising, kind of the similar to how they Kentucky hired Stu. Yeah, so. they're investing a lot over there. So that you know, and I, I think you could say the same thing about Stoops with this Iowa program, where, uh, hell, the Penn State game. What was the, the score to that when Kentucky put their foot off the gas? It was like twenty-four to seven, I want to say. Yeah, it was yeah, it was either twenty four seven or twenty seven seven. I think it was twenty four seven, and, and then it came twenty seven fourteen, and then Penn State scored two more times before yeah. Kentucky was able to run out the clock. Right, it just kind of it's like all right, let's let's just get out of here with the win. Um, I think you could see a similar scenario in this game. The difference is, and you know, I, I hate to beat the dead horse, but there's two big talking points when you talk about this game. Uh, is one. Iowa's offense stinks. Two, Kentucky's offense has turned it over a ton, and Iowa forces turnovers. Yeah, that's a low-hanging fruit. Yeah, like that. Game. That's like the. Uh, it is just, it, and you have to mention it. It, it goes, like it, it is go, what's going to define this game. Um, but if you're in one of those where, okay, you, you get a 10, 14 point lead if you're Kentucky and you want to sit on it. Iowa doesn't have the guys. They, they just don't have the players on offense to be able to to overcome a big lead, a big deficit. They just don't. They, there's not like their best players on offense is what their tight end. No, it's their center. Their center is their best player. Like that's that's where we are with this Iowa offense. Yeah, a lot of bad for Iowa on offense this year. They got some young guys at receiver: Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce the fourth. That they've had to start pretty much as true freshmen, um, two four-star recruits. But this is what have been like Kentucky starting Chris Lewis this year. That the Kel Crowdis. It's mm-hmm. kind of that level of recruit, like a good recruiting win, but it's not necessarily players that are ready to go from the jump. Um, so they're leaning on them. They're running backs out Tyler Goodson, but even he was pretty inefficient. They're not efficient in the run game. They get behind the chains, and then passing wise. Spencer Petrus is a statue in the pocket. He takes a lot of sacks. He's not accurate with the football. Right around 55% completion rate. Um, most of his completions aren't good completions. Doesn't create a lot of explosive plays. They really struggle on offense. And even the guy that they put in for him, Alex Padilla, he's... He was even worse. Yeah, 50%. And you could say that, well, he's a better runner, but like that's very relative. Right, and he's not, not like that. It's not like to carry on Joyner for South right. Carolina coming in to just go, you know. And so, it's just a lot of bad. I mean, they played 11 Power 5 teams, 9 games, offensive score, 2 touchdowns or less. It's bad. They struggle to score. When they get scoring opportunities, they struggle to put the ball in the end zone. They're not afraid to get to conservative. They want to win the field position game, and they're just going to lean on their defense and kicking game to win. Their offense just doesn't want to mess it up. Yes, we're kind of at the point you're at. And they you want see, to flip the field, and like you're talking, <laughs> like you were talking about, if they get behind, they're not built to do anything, and that that's exactly what happened in the Big Ten title game. Yeah, Michigan hit a couple explosives there in the first half, got a lead, and then it was just you could just with each possession, it just slowly started to slip away, Whoa. and then the 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 onslaught came in the second half when everything snowballed on them, and it turned into the huge blowout that it was, and. This is also, I think, a, a big game for Liam Cohen to kind of validate the progress that they've made over the second part of the season. And I think he's going to go for the Jaguar early. Like, th- there's there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to take a couple shots 
just to test them, you know, because I think they're going to be able to get that underneath stuff whenever they want. Yeah, the thing with Iowa is, like, you're going to get a lot of two deep safety looks. So that's something Kentucky got a lot of against Georgia, but Georgia plays man coverage where they could, and their front just controls the game. Iowa kind of asked their front to do the same, but they're playing zone in the back end. So they got all eyes on the football. But their front does a great job of kind of holding blocks, disengaging, keeping linebackers free. Their linebackers don't miss tackles. Um, but if you play with a light box against Kentucky, every, they've been able to run the ball on everybody except Georgia. Yeah, yeah. And then Mississippi State, that, they got away from the run very early in that game. And there was a weird Chris Rodriguez stuff going on. If you're committed to running the ball with Rodriguez and Levis, you're going to be able to consistently, I think, move the ball, get the change. You're maybe not going to have the big chunk plays. You're going to sometimes find yourself in third and eight, but consistently that's going to be a a successive formula for you. Then you have to worry about with Iowa, they're so good in the back end and they're so well coached that they just, any mistake, tip balls, they find them. Um, they're, They're very good at kind of. I mean, they have 24 interceptions this year. Yeah. For out loud. <laughs> they're very good at matching. Like they know what the weaknesses of their zone are, and they're very good at adjusting and playing some match coverage to where you can't just pick up part the same zones over and over and over. Right. A um, lot more bad tends to happen than good when you throw the ball against Iowa. Their pass rush isn't great, but it's a lot of you have to take dink and dunk, dink and dunk. So you can't be afraid to take the profits in this game. It's going to be hard to hit bombs against Iowa. Like you just kind of got to stay, stay patient. Stay true to who you are. Run the football. Don't be afraid to play field position either if you're Kentucky. Get a few first downs and punt because if Iowa can't move the ball, you might get the ball right back in good spot. And so that's really what this game is about. It kind of is – a big play, Purdue. Both teams – Let's go. Tell the boilers hanging in there. Both teams are kind of have a similar strategy. They go about it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's just much better on offense. I think if you ask Kurt Ferentz in a private room, he would want the offense maybe to look a little bit more something like what Kentucky has. Yeah, um, and I, I hate doing uh, podcast overlap, but it's just naturally going to happen. Freddie made the point: this team is a lot like this Iowa team is a lot like last year's Kentucky team. I'm like, man, yeah, <laughs> they are. You Bunch know, of interceptions. Yeah, opportunistic Can't as hell. Pass the ball. Yeah, I mean, I would, the only thing I would say Kentucky's running game was better. Yes. Yes. Um, and I would say Iowa's defense was a little better, but yeah, I mean that's they're pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, I, I'm interested the way you articulated how to uh, attack Iowa's defense. Though it still sets up like that's kind of in Levis's breadbasket, in Kentucky's breadbasket. I mean, you get to throw like what 15 yard square routes to to Wandale. Don't be afraid to run the ball with Levis either in this game. Yeah, like uh, the combination of Rodriguez and Levis running the ball. I mean, I would like to see it get close to 32, 33 attempts from that twosome. Yeah, get 22, 23 from Rodriguez. Get about the 10, dozen. 11, yeah. 12 from Levis. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the ticket to this game. And then Dinkin and Duncan. Um, it, we've seen in the past receivers like Wandale Robinson. I always had issues with David, David Bell, Bell. David Bell tore him sticks up. out. Yeah. Um, some Michigan guys that are short and shifty were able to do some things. Um, so Robinson really in that intermediate to underneath area, getting in those zones and kind of yep. sitting down and Levis putting the ball on him is, is going to be big in this game. You know what else is going to be big like it? 
What's that? We'll find out right after this. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Well, okay, one thing that we, we mentioned when this game was set up but we haven't really you know we've kind of drifted away is the emotional aspect of it and not only from Mark Stoops but there's a lot of guys on this Kentucky football team where this game this game means a lot this is Wondell Robinson's first bowl game he's never played in one Kenneth Horsey this dude the last time he was down here in Florida playing 30 minutes I mean it's almost exactly 30 miles or a 30-minute drive from his high school. Sanford. Yeah, Sanford, just right down the road. He had he'd had open-heart surgery eight months before. And John Sharman told him to keep working, and you'll get there. And you know what? He's back now. He's he's getting there. John Sumrall, coaching in his final game for Kentucky, he was fighting back tears talking about getting to coach DeAndre Square one more time. The... It's tried and tried to discuss just, well, how much do the bowl games mean? Blah, 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 blah. But, like, you don't have to question that with this Kentucky football team entering the Citrus Bowl. They they want to be there. there. There's no doubt about it. They're, they have a lot to play for, for another 10-win season. That's, that last part, to me, is a big key. 10 hits a lot different than 9. Get yeah. that double-digit win season, mm-hmm. second in four years. I think that plays a big part in it. I think also Kentucky, like, it feels like there was kind of a precedent set by Josh Allen. Yes. Um, even Benny Snell, I think he could, but he was going after the rushing record, so he was probably wanting to play in that game regardless. But Josh Allen really had no, he didn't. Yeah. Of all the opt-outs, potentially. Right. That was a prime candidate for one. Uh-huh. And he didn't opt out. And it's kind of stuck that, I mean, Lynn could have opted out. He was just playing in the Belk Bowl. He had done enough, saved their season. Yep. He played, so it's kind of like at Kentucky, this is kind of what they do. We care about these games. Well, it's also a sign, too, I just think of the overall health of the program. Mm-hmm. I think it's a sign that the players like each other. They like being around each other. Yeah. They like being around the coaches. They, you know, newsflash, 
in just in breaking news, football players like to play football. <laughs> and so I think there's a lot of kind of that to that, and I think it all adds up. It doesn't hurt that you're in good a good bowl game either. Yeah, yeah. This no. is a big bowl game. You're playing the team that just played for the Big Ten Championship. Again, chance for 10 wins, chance to finish ranked, all that. I think all that adds up to what we're kind of seeing play out. Yeah, and if you recall, too, like Josh Allen didn't just play in the bowl game. Like, he played awesome. Um, he blocked, blocked a field, field goal, goal, blocked a field goal, had three sacks, and one of them was a big third down, if I'm not mistaken, too. Like, a pretty crucial moment. Um, and you mentioned Lynn Bowden, too. There's been some pretty signature bowl moments. I think last year's might be the only one where there's not, like, a one – like, really, the first thing that comes to mind is Brandon Eccles doing the CPR thing. Yeah. Because, <laughs> and it, it kind of exemplifies that game, almost, where they kind of clowned him, clowned NC State. But I think for the most part, in these bowl wins, there's been those moments. What, what do you think the, the, the big bowl moment could be this go-around in the Citrus Bowl? That's a great question. Maybe, like, is this the game Kentucky finally gets, like, a tip ball interception? Finally gets a big interception. Maybe, like, well, they've had pick, uh, two pick sixes already, even with the lack of interception. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Is that the game we get that? There's almost certainly going to be a big Wondell Robinson play. Yeah. You can set your watch to it. Um, Maybe on punt return? Especially, I was doing some research like it. In two games against Iowa and Nebraska, he had nine receptions and nine rushes. Zero receptions as a true freshman against them. Just carries. Might have a little, you know, something for him. I ultimately think that this is, this feels like a great jumping off point for Will Levis. Yeah, that was kind of like I don't, I don't know if we're going to get one, two, three, four, counting him in the end zone, but there's going to be something. He was a thirty for two sixty, just against maybe three touchdown passes against what might be the best pass defense. Outside of Georgia, yeah. in the country. What and, and the thing is, is you you mentioned to it earlier that even though it's probably m- running the ball might be a better easier path to success. I don't think it's going to be a we're hurtling over somebody. I think he's going to throw up a pre pass into the end zone, like a thirty two yard, maybe not a fade, but a, one of those hit, precise hit like Isaiah Cummings. You got it. You you have to hit it at this perfect spot bet- with hands coming across. And that's that's the difference between uh, winning, not only winning and losing, but also winning and really jumping into the offseason full steam ahead. Yeah, you look at these bowl games like it's a way to prop up, build momentum for mm-hmm. next season. We talked about South Carolina already. It's a great chance for Kentucky and kind of the Levis hype train. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. A few years ago, Terry Wilson entered this game been a couple good games together. Felt like a moment for him playing a good defense. If he could come out and have a good game, that'd be really something, kind of a launching point. Um, and he didn't really have all that great of a game. Kentucky won kind of getting nothing from the quarterback position. Yeah. The pad, the big passes they get were screens where Bowden would just catch and run. Yeah. For Levis, can you do it against a good defense? If he can have a big game, that could be a very big kind of trampoline into next year. So that's definitely something to see. I think for a guy like Isaiah Cummings – yeah. We talked about he's going to play a lot in this game. If he could have, you know, six catches for 57 yards, 
touchdown, a yeah, touchdown yeah. and have like a big moment in this game that could be a launch point for him. And uh, on defensively too, um, for some younger guys. Does Trevin Wallace get in? If he plays for Jacquez Jones, does he make a bunch of big plays potentially? Right, right. Um, at safety, uh, Jalen Geiger maybe. Carrington Valentine, does he get his first career interception? Right. Stuff like that. Those are the things I think we when to create our off season content. Yes. Stuff we'll talk about. Please, the please do this for our jobs. Make our jobs right. easier. Well, <laughs> a lot of that's created in the bowl game. So yeah. if that can if something like that can happen, you know, you could look and be pretty excited. Uh, Kenneth Orsia, if he plays left tackle, what does that look like for Darren Rosenthal? Yeah. Things like that, I think, or different areas, I think we'll be watching to see if kind of us. There's like a splashy performance to kind of lead into next season. Right, right. Um, man, and I, I'm trying to recall what game it was. Didn't Cummings have a pretty bit, like a good contested touchdown catch? Vanderbilt. It was Vanderbilt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having one of those would be nice. And then Tennessee, too. He had a huge game against Tennessee. That was probably his best game today against Tennessee. So building on that, uh, Keaton Upshaw is down here. He's a people forget about kind of guy. Uh, but he's back to running around some. It was good to see him uh, out there. Uh, you know, he's not doing any contact by any means, but good to see him out there. Tashawn Manning. Tashawn Manning's built. He, he's a big boy. He's not a small human being. No, no. Right. He's big boy. Um, so good to to get that vibe. I know, hell, we got another future Wildcat in town too. Tyree Spearbree is playing in this weekend's Under Armour All-American game. They're playing that at Camping World Stadium the day after. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so they're running back. We got a ton of guys from on 3 the national uh, recruiting writers down here. Chad Simmons, Jeremy Crabtree, Jerry Hamilton. Um, so a lot of folks um, with eyes and ears on that game. What's funny, Lucky? So Cheez-It Bowl was last night. Iowa State, Clemson. Brock Purdy, whole various way to end a football game. Like, if you don't love bowl season – have a quarterback run for a first down on fourth and two, then fumble it backwards and fall on it to not get the first down. Well, the inter- pick six interception was even a more hilarious Oh, God. That that w- play. So he got the ball tipped. It came back to him. And instead of catching it, he tried to tip it forward. He, like, Some swatted it. said he tried to bat it down, but there was a receiver out there. I think he was literally trying to bat it to that receiver. It looked like he was volleyball spiking it to him. Yeah, that was it was like almost like in basketball on a fast break, like the little push pass. Yeah. Man, that was push that pass. And he pushed it just directly to the other team. The quarterback picks six <laughs> the other way. That was something. Oh, the cheese of ball. Which was kind of a microcosm of Brock Purdy's career and the Iowa State season. So close yet so far away. And I tweeted out last night, well we still have well we still see Matt Campbell ahead of Mark Stoops. On those, right, right. Uh, Man, so funny. It it was cool, though, after the game. I'd never seen this before, but um, Scott Docterman, who uh, covers Iowa for the Athletic, he was covering Iowa State, and he showed a picture of them hosing down the end zones. Got to get them ready for it. And that's how you get rid of the paint. I didn't know how that worked. So I guess it's just water-soluble stuff. What if it rains? Does it just bleed everywhere? I guess it's got to be a lot of water. Like, yeah, I don't know. But it was it was kind of weird. You could see like half of the Iowa State going away while they're, they're getting to, set up for Kentucky well, Iowa. Like the Tebow game against Florida State when he had all that red paint on him. Oh man, that. maybe that was just from a lot of rain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Because there's that famous picture of Tebow where he's yelling. Yeah. And he's got half his half well, the right side down is just covered well, in like. Hendon Hooker's got it right now. He's got white paint all over him, um, and he just missed. It was fourth and nine, and he had a dude wide open in the end zone uh, for like a forty-yard touchdown. Purdue hanging him. in there. Yeah, Purdue hanging around, hanging around better than expected. We just can't have Tennessee win and not cover. You either win and cover, or you lose. Yeah. You know, in between, Pick we can side. we cannot have them winning by seven points here or less. That would just be a, a travesty to all that is good in the world. Um, speaking of everything that's good in the world, Chris Rodriguez, is this going to be like the quietest fifteen hundred yard season out there? How, what's he at right now? Twelve seventy two, so thirteen hundred. Maybe fourteen hundred. So he could. I mean, yeah. If he had like a buck fifty, he could get. Uh, He'd be at fourteen hundred over fourteen. Is this gonna be the quietest fourteen hundred yard yeah. season ever? And if he got, he's two touchdowns away from ten. Yeah, you could have a fourteen hundred ten season. <laughs> I mean, and uh, we heard Liam Cohen talk about how he just doesn't lose yards and he's just efficient, which we talked about. He's an efficiency monster. He gets you ahead of the chains consistently. When you break down running backs, like people may have preferred Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, guys who can create more big chunk Those plays. Those explosives, yeah. While you're getting second and nine, second and elevens, third and sevens more when you when you hand them the ball. Rodriguez, you're not getting that. He's every he's been able to do that against pretty much everybody except Georgia this year. Um, Chattanooga was the one weird game where he really couldn't get going, but other than that, it's been yeah really really good. And he had quietly, he just had a you know, a great game against Louisville. Uh-huh. And he just kind of slowly chipping away. He, it, he it, hasn't he hasn't had, like, a real workhorse game. His carries the last – Tennessee had 22 carries, but a lot of that was due because they had 100-some plays. Yeah. You know, uh, it's Vanderbilt 16, New Mexico State 16. Um, before that, he only – he went up 27 against Missouri, 26 against South Carolina. Going back to kind of my – what how I think Kentucky has to attack, I think it could be kind of a 25-26 carry game for him. It kind of reminds me of the way Oscar Shibway rebounds, where you expect it, and then you look up with 10 minutes off the game, and you're like, God, he's got 16 rebounds right now? Like, when did that happen? That That's kind of how it feels like with Chris Rodriguez, where it's just like, well, he's not getting tackled for loss. It's second Tackle six. Yeah, you know, you really, you really do... And and I think part of it too is that he hasn't had as many as explosive touchdowns this year. Um, there was, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it took until November for him to really get one of those big thirty-five, you know, plus yard kind of touchdown plays. Um, but that's going to be something that you're not going to be taking for granted against this Iowa defense that is very stout, very stout in the trenches. And I'm I'm curious if Iowa thinks that they can play with light boxes in there. That's what they do. They don't vary from what they do. But, man. They, they are who they are. But they did say, like, you know, they're really good. He like, might sneak that free safety <laughs> in the box more. You might see them go to maybe some cover one. Creep up a little bit. Right. Yeah. But they kind of they do what they do. Now, one thing, if they can run an old 4-3 front. Like, at their Sam linebacker position, Dane Belton's like a safety. He's kind of their wild card. They'll move him all over the place. Play him in the box some. Playing deep safety, play strong safety, kind of move him in places. But then he rotates with Justin Jacobs, who's a 235-pound 
traditional 4-3 Sam linebacker. Mm-hmm. So they can get pretty big. big at, yeah. Specifically at the linebacker position. They're not huge at the line of scrimmage. And they're not small, but they're not huge. But specifically at linebacker, they can get pretty big. And where the, Those guys can take on blocks and they make tackles. You go backwards when you hit them. They got some wood splitters with Jack Campbell, oh. Seth Benson. Wood splitter, that's but, a freaking great but football here's, team. Here's, here's what I mean by Rodriguez. Of the running backs I've charted this year with over 200 carries. So you're looking at 200 carries there, Nick. That's anywhere between, let's see here. 200 carries is a lot. Seven. You're looking at 17 to 22 carries a game. So that's yeah. in modern day football. That's workhorse back. I would yes categorize. So Rodriguez leads them all with a 54 54.6 percent success rate. The next one I've charted is Sean Tucker at Syracuse, 47.6 percent. Brian Robinson at Jeez. Alabama, 47.1 percent on 223. I mean, he's significantly ahead. The kid at LSU, Tyrion Davis Price, 45 percent on 211. Tyler Beatty, 44.4 on 268, which that he got 268 on his frame is a lot of work for him. Um, let's see here. Tank Bigsby. And that 40, doesn't count all the receptions right. he had, too. Tank Bigsby, 43% on 207. Kenneth Walker, four, 43% on 263. Brees Hall, 42.3% on 253. He's just, I mean, it's hard to get more efficient than he is. And whenever he leaves, we might get another year of him here at Kentucky. Yeah. But whenever he leaves, that's really going to be missed. And I think people aren't really going to realize that. Until it's, yeah. You might, the next back might be more explosive, but you're going to find yourself in a lot more second and eights and put more pressure on your quarterback. Like, what they've had the last two years with him has really been quite special to get to get that type of efficiency at the running back position. He wasn't tackled for loss until the bowl game last year. Right. <laughs> I mean, you look up now, he's averaging 6.2 yards per carry. A year after averaging six point six, with not as and he had a lot more chunk runs last year. Um, one th- I want to touch on a few more things before we wrap things up. I, I feel like we've I'm doing a bad job keeping track of time because this Tennessee, you know, they run tempo, so you know, I kind of forget how it goes. But one thing that Iowa does that I want you to talk about and just how it stresses defenses, they play with the fullback. You don't see it a whole lot, um, but they they they're making hype videos for their fullback, um, and White talked about it at length that it puts a lot on the linebackers, yeah, because it gives them something else to read. Would you liken it to almost like a pulling guard, except one that it's like an unbalanced formation? You're pulling can, a guard around or pulling a tight end around. Except he can also catch, like he can go out for routes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just an extra hat in the run game, so it's like. It would be essentially now going maybe more unbalanced or too tight. So if you got if you're in twenty one personnel, you really kinda have to treat it like twelve for the most part. Now what he means by that though is because he's lined up different than maybe if they were on the line of scrimmage. Right. That that kind of goes with how they want to fit it fit the gaps with weight. Because you gotta have an extra guy to take on his block. Yes. And then you gotta fit it behind 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 that. that. Right, right. So and, and as he said, it stresses your rules. Um, so the the constants that you've dealt with all year aren't always evident. Like it's just, it's it's not a given. Um, and the uh, the other thing that I thought was like it's just, it's so funny to think about, but like how many of these dudes have ever played against a fullback? Like ever? Yeah, I asked Jacquez Jones, and he was like LSU, but that was probably just like go on, yeah. Yard. 
I mean, it's going to be first and 10 at their own 30. And what, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Monte Potabom's going to, Potabom's going to, well, a goal line's not, it doesn't even count. That's like, yeah. that's not even real defense. You're just, <laughs> you're just uh, go. Let's, let's make a pile here and yeah. try to get some forward momentum. Right. Um, but they run a lot of outside zone, it's a lot of stretch zone. It's not too terribly different than what Louisville ran because Louisville does a lot of H back type stuff where they have like an offset fullback. Yeah. Um, but what they do more is kind of Louisville, Louisville, usually Louisville's kind of like backside. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be a lead. I mean, you're talking about lead zone where he's coming up and he's he's, he's making the hole. Right. He's hitting <laughs> the backer and then the run's coming off him. Um, so you really got to feel that. Like Jones is perfect for it. Like meeting that guy square on. That's what you kind of want. Yeah. You know, that would be some slobber knocking. But it's uh, gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be too terribly hard to adjust to. But they could get creased early. Just, you know, your first time seeing it. Right, right. Cause it, and it's also, there's some things about what Iowa does that as much as we've insulted their offense this week and we've laughed at Brian Ferentz, uh, there is an element of, it looks different when you see it live. You know, I don't, I don't care how many times scout team does it, the speed, the pace, the physicality that they're going to play with, it's, it's just going to be different. So the one thing that I've, in uh, all these bowl games, what's really important, you can't go and get strip-sacked against Georgia Tech for a scoop and score the first. You, you, right. Starting fast matters. Uh, Penn State running that fake uh, and getting stuff right away. And then you you stack that up with a Lynn Bowden part return touchdown. Gator Bowl, they went down, marched down, scored. Yeah. Music City Bowl lost to Northwestern, but they scored first possession. Um, and then went on a lull there, but that score really kind of allowed them to hang around in that game and almost steal a win mm-hmm. with scoring early. So, yeah, starting fast is important, but we've seen Kentucky start fast. Yeah, I think in seven for, games this year they've well, scored first. And I'm just, and even the first in postseason, possession. like Belk Bowl, Kentucky, um, yeah, Wilson were, scores first uh-huh. possession. So we've seen, them, we've seen them start fast here in the bowl games, and hopefully that continues. And, yeah, this year Cohen's been great. The scripted drives have really worked. I'm interested to see. The, this I would rate this as the second best defense they've seen, uh-huh. and the only defense they didn't score on one of the first two possessions was Georgia. Yeah. So can they do it against Iowa? You got a month to prepare. You should have a pretty good script. Right. Based on what we've seen so far, um, that seems to be one of Cohen's strengths, I would say. And so seeing how they attack early, like Nick, if you get you get a ten point lead or something there in the first quarter, yeah, I mean you're feeling really good. Right. And then on the defensive side of the ball, my big question is, like, who filled in for Josh Pascal? Because he played a lot of snaps this year. Yeah. There wasn't much of a rotation there. Right. Do we see Trayvon Ripka there? you got to lean on Ripka. <laughs> Do you see Khalil Saunders? Like, I'll be very interested to see how they handle that. And Khalil Saunders, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if he plays, he burns a red shirt. So, like, are they, are they willing to do that? Is it important enough? I think it is. You know, uh, I think the reps are worth it. Um I don't know how many more fifth-year seniors we're going to have in college football that aren't just like developmental offensive linemen in the future. So if he, if it's worth playing, play him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted right now, folks. Purdue had a crazy catch down to the two, and now they're on the verge of getting stuffed and not scoring. So not, uh, The low red zone has not been good to Purdue today. Music City Bowl, low-key, good game. Mm-hmm. Consistently. It's that, getting a little Alamo, Alamo Bowl. Alamo Bowl. I was really disappointed the Holiday Bowl got canceled because yeah, it's up there too. UCLA versus NC State that was going to be stupid, yeah. right? There was no way that game was not going to be very dumb. Uh, man, 
I'm actually kind of disappointed that New Year's Eve is the playoff. Because, like, I, I like having... It's going to be nice down here for us, though. But, yeah, if I was at home, I wouldn't love it. Right, because I want, I want more games instead of just the two. Um, but they actually have, like, it. you're going to like what the bowl crew does for us during the playoff games. Oh, yeah? They hook us up. To check that they, out. They've rented out a bar for us, and we're going to have to make sure that we get our money's worth, right? We'll bang no for doubt. a month. Well, Purdue, 329 yards on Tennessee in the first half. <laughs> Jeff putting it on him? Yeah, putting it on him, running it up. Like it, is there one player for Iowa that if this guy, if they're going to win, this guy has, has to play well? I, would, I mean, they, their quarterback. And Petrus, yeah. just not Kentucky's passing defense hasn't been great. If he comes out, gets hot, um, those young receivers kind of take a step forward, and he comes out and hit, creates some chunk plays against Kentucky's defense – then that could be if you allow Iowa to get a couple easy scores off that, and then you look at a game and you're it's twenty one seventeen eight minutes left in the third quarter. You know you got to go against that defense, score a touchdown. That could get a little hairy. So he would be the one, I would say. Mm-hmm. Defensively, one of their starting cornerbacks is out, Matt Hankins. Riley Moss is really good, um, but they're also out those. But they're also out their third cornerback too. So they're getting a little skinny at corner right there. Um, so that could be an advantage, Kentucky. Um, defensively, I would just say, I mean, it's I was really a team effort. Yeah. I mean, turn. I mean, the easy answer is just if you, Kentucky protects the football, they should be able commits to, to the run. They should be just fine. Going back to our avoid, talking points, avoid, don't turn it over. Avoid special teams <laughs> catastrophes. Oh man, you know what you shouldn't avoid though. Download a prize picks app. It's a great app, no doubt. You, we've been we've been using it all season long. It's been a joy. If you haven't been. Where have you been? We've been talking about it for four months now. It's easy. You download the app. You, you find your players. You pick over under. You parlay them together. You win some money. One thing I messed up like it, they have a flex play and a power play. So flex play, you can afford to have one of your picks not hit and still win some money. And a power play, you, you gotta, you're, you're all in. On Christmas, they were just giving away money for free. With like, hey, if LeBron scores a point, you that counts as one of your guys. I tried the power play and lost. I should have flexed it. That's because prize picks, they want to make sure that your picks are the best picks and that you're enjoying yourself while you're watching these games. Win in a little extra cash on the side. Use the promo code PERSONNEL when you download the app. They'll double your deposit up to 100 bucks. For you to play this bowl season. There's still plenty of time to get in on the action. And we've got NFL coming up. The playoffs are right around the corner. I like this extra week bucket. It gives us like a little more time to exhale. Build up steam. Yeah, yeah. Really get to build up steam. Um, so I, I, I'm excited for this end of year football. I'm going to be playing with prize picks. Just go to prizepicks.com. Use the code PERSONNEL. Or download the prize picks app wherever you Get your apps at the App Store. Bucket, how are we feeling, just in general? We oh, t- good. Yeah? Oh, good. Think? I think it's a good matchup, all things considered. Kentucky could lose this game. I was great at murking it up. They're great at playing in the margins. But Kentucky's hot right now. Um, they've been playing 
good, solid football on offense. Defense has been getting better, and I just don't think Iowa has the personnel to really attack Kentucky's biggest weakness, which is the pass defense. So Iowa wants to be run heavy, and that's what Kentucky wants. They want you to run the ball. And then defensively, um, Iowa wants to take away the big pass play. Kentucky's just fine with that. They'll stay. They will ground and pound. Um, And it it could come down to finishing drives, and we've seen Kentucky be great with that. Great on third down, great in the red zone all year. Um, So it feels like a very good matchup for Kentucky. But like we said, bowl games get weird. Yeah, they do get weird. Uh, I I appreciated the one guy you shared with me. I think his – Twitter handle is at StatsOwar, mm-hmm. um, the analytics guy who had – it was a pretty decent – I got proje- it up right You there. had the projection of what the yeah. – what was the – 28, 28.8 to 19.9 final score. Yeah, like that's – An interesting note here too for some of you degenerates. Ooh. Um, this is in the scouting report. I have put these in every week, kind of just kind of betting trends and what the spread is. So read the scouting report, damn it. So read the scouting report, yeah, yeah. you punks. <laughs> But three point favorite total forty four. It's projected final score twenty three and a half to twenty and a half. But Kentucky's five and two its favorite this season. Um, Hawkeyes are two and two as an underdog. But both wins were um, upsets on the road. Iowa State oh, small right. line, Nebraska small line. They won. Um, the over has hit in four straight Iowa games. Ooh. The over is four and one in the last five games for Kentucky. Man. The one under that hit, I believe, was the Vanderbilt game where they took their foot off the gas. Yeah, yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, the team the total, play, too. The easy play is going to be the under in this game. Um, Wait, the under? Well, like, oh, oh that, that, they, they, that seems like, oh, that's like, definitely going under. Oh, is, the college football. For 17-13. Right, right, right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that – I'm kind of leaning to the overhitting. Like, I would probably – my final score right now, I would say – Let's see here. It would be something around like Kentucky 28, Iowa 19 or 17, something like that. I think it's going to hit. It's going to be maybe a weird score. Maybe get a weird fumble, a bunch of field goals or something. But, I, I, I mean, I feel pretty good about Kentucky. I think Kentucky's going to get to 24 on them. I think Kentucky's a legit top 15 off, top fifteen to 20 offense in college football. And that balance that they present is not – many teams are balanced like Kentucky is. And so it's hard for defenses to stop. Um, Iowa, if you can establish the run, you could get them out of their comfort zone. And then defensively, I think Iowa may have some success at times passing the ball, but that's not a long-term recipe of success for them. And so I just I like where that's at, but that's just a little something to monitor. You would think that under seemed like a lock, but recent trends tell us that that baby's going over. Do we have a team total yet? I know that prop usually comes out late. Um, just judging by that, the team total should be twenty three and a half Kentucky, twenty and a half Iowa. But those usually they usually move those a point or two off the total. If it's man, yeah, I if th- you could get it under twenty three for Kentucky, like yeah. twenty two and a half. I don't, and I know as much as we want to respect Iowa, Iowa's defense, you get a twenty one and a half. See, the problem is they're not going to put it. They stay away from those key numbers. Yeah, yeah, especially in college. But like a twenty one and a half team total. Over to under for Iowa. The only way they're getting there is defensive score or special team score. I would th- I would imagine. Hmm, man, I, I've got the itch. Bowl season, just when you start talking gambling, I just yeah. get yeah. I'm scr- I'm scratching my chin right now. This okay. I'm I'm all antsy watching this Music City Bowl. And for the second year in a row, Nick, this is only the second time Kentucky's been a bowl favorite. Um, they were last year. Oh, fumble. 
They were last year against a ranked team, and they are this year against a ranked team. Look at that. Wow. 21-16. Wow. Stripping Hendon Hooker. We might have a little fun afternoon in store here. Oh, man. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Hammer down. Boiler up. 30 seconds left in the half. Man, I don't. I just if you weren't watching bowl games all day, what are you doing, are you doing with, with your life? life? I mean, right. like Jesus Christ, this is outstanding. It's it's. I, I'm very. Got a little strip sack. I'm Sit very down. much looking forward to watching Kentucky's bowl game. Um, Tennessee loss would just be beautiful. Oh God, yes. And it, it would ramp up the bring Brom back the the Louisville Twitter account. Oh, they. What's it? Bring Brom back. Yeah, yeah, he ended up getting, I think they had to take his account offline because he was being such a troll. They had so many people report him. The Bring Brom back account was funny. They also have the uh, the replay, or not the replay guy, the, uh, have you seen the billboard now? The Bring Tom Jurch back billboard? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Message board in real life right there. God, they don't, oh, they do not know. They can't handle anything right now. I really wanted them to lose to Wake Forest in basketball, too. Just no nice That was low-key a big win for yeah. the basketball team. They, they needed, really needed that. that. Confirmed. Wow. Purdue, chance to take the lead before half. Let's go. We might have to log off for this one. Nick. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to have to. Fellas, ladies, gentlemen, everywhere, boys and girls all around the world, it's been a joy sharing 11 personnel with you. Throughout this season, we're going to recap the game, probably do a little podcasting, uh, hopefully some celebratory beers Saturday night after Kentucky takes on Iowa. Kickoff is at 1 on ABC. Luckett, do you have a final score prediction? I haven't nailed one down. I'll have one for our official prediction post. KSR. I'm leaning something like 28-17. I was thinking like 31-17. Yeah. I think Kentucky does right. get to 31. I might throw some weird one in there like 28-19. Maybe something weird happens preparing for the bowl, but that's what it feels like. Kentucky, um, not a blowout, um, but kind of a two-possession win. Yeah. Um, can sit on it a little bit in the fourth quarter. That's what we feel like we're headed towards here in Orlando. Man. It's oh, down to the one. Down to the one. It's uh, it's going to be fun. If you see us in Orlando, don't be shy. We're very friendly. Um, we'll probably be at some watering hole enjoying cold bottles of beer. Find two guys over 6'2 drinking Bud Light. It's probably... <laughs> 38% chance it's probably us. Oh, well, for now, uh, we're going to get out of here and watch the rest of this game. It's going to be fun. Thank you so much for listening to 11 Personnel in 2021. And as always, in 22, 2022, go Cats and go Kroger. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.